So just here with my close personal friend, Aaron. <laughs> uh, thank you. Have you seen the news? Uh, I mean, which? The um, uh, Efri Jepstein. Oh, yes, of course. I think I've he... received at least two push notifications at this point. Probably more. So many push notifications. Yep. I mean, it was surprising to me. Yeah. I was like, well, I was like, wow. He's gone to a better place, aka hell. Yeah. So good yeah. for him. We got him. Yeah. I mean, he should have spent. I mean, he did spend the rest of his life in prison, but I kind of wish that it would have been a longer period of time. I think know? the cool thing is that now this, I'm pretty sure this means like the whole thing's dropped and no more investigations. Um, no, I, in fact, it, um, so like the criminal case against him is dropped because there's no one, you know, the sus or the, you know, the, the, the alleged suspect mm-hmm. or whatever is, is dead now. But mm-hmm. apparently, um, what people have been saying on Twitter is that this means that police can go through his house. Um, without needing a warrant because he can't contest it anymore and no one else has standing. Wow, is that so, true? Yeah, so actually the floodgates might be about to open. <laughs> hey! Hey, that's pretty great. Yeah. That's pretty... Oh, wow, I don't have the... Ha- mm-hmm. Play the happy music. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah! <laughs> we got him. The, co- the cops we're, are gonna. We're about to get him. The, co- the, co- the cops are gonna have a, a Jeffrey Epstein a garage sale. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all I can say is that in about one to two years, the like, um, you know, like the mini series on Netflix or Hulu or whatever about this is gonna be pretty interesting. It's gonna be wild. Yeah. You have a life hack. I do have a life hack. I've been practicing this life hack for a while now, actually, and it is uh, laundry balls. Um, Excuse me? Yes. So what they are, um, I guess you can get wool ones, but I just have like little rubber laundry balls. They look like little, uh, what are those, uh, like uh, sea anemone type things. They're kind of spiky. Yes. And I have four of them. And you just, you put your stuff in the dryer by your clothes. And then you put the laundry balls in there, and the whole idea is that the laundry balls kind of um, keep stuff from moving around, or keep mo- stuff moving around, keep it from sort of gathering or whatever, and and help reduce wrinkles and make the drying more efficient. There's a lot less uh, what the technical term is lumpage. Yes, exactly. Reduced lumpage, uh, increased drying etude. Yes, um, but it's. Uh, I would term. say you know I've been using these for. I don't know, probably four years now. So, whoa, see, yeah, (laughs) yeah, but you know, it's like I can't go back now. How do you keep something like that a secret? Like, I don't know, you've never never seemed relevant. (laughs) You've been doing it this whole time, and I've never known. And I've constantly been seeing uh, laundry balls. Have you been able to hide this from me? It was, they've been suggested, surprise, been suggested to me on Amazon like every day for four years. Right. And I've been like, they're fairly cheap, I think. Yeah, I just had no idea like what their purpose even was. So, and and they were so weird and idea like just the laundry balls. Sounds yeah. so weird that I just I believe they come recommended uh by um the Ask a Clean person 
um, writer amongst other people who know how to do how to keep clothes clean very well. Um, the ones I have are actually the best plastic dryer balls on when you when you search Amazon for dryer balls. Um, and then there's the wool ones. The wool ones are considered to be sort of an alternative to using like a fabric softener because they're just supposed to soften it, you know, with the wool. The... And the wool ones, they're just like a big hunk of wool, basically. Huh, that seems like um, it could be potentially a breeding ground for like uh, weird heat yeah, I don't, bacteria. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that is kind of weird. I mean, the plastic ones, I don't think you have to worry about that too much, but yeah. The well, wool this ones, is, I'm not so sure about. I'm going to have to try this. But again, I, they do get dry. <laughs> I've been slow. Well, yeah. I've been slowly upping my my laundry game over the years. Like about two years ago, I started mm. using that. Uh, what do they call it? It's it's not like color bleach, but it's like color enhancing cleaning. It's like you put it in the bleach part when you wash colors. Oh, Yeah. I think um, I know what you're talking. I don't remember what the name of it is, but yeah, yeah, but you know, it does seem to keep things col colored brighter longer. Right. So I've been um I've been upping my laundry. You know, when I first went off to college freshman year, you have to do laundry, you know, in the dorm, uh, which means that and it costs a lot of money. So you basically do everything in one load. Um, and what you had back then, I don't even know if they make these anymore. They were basically um, little dryer sheets that were impregnated with detergent. So you would put them into the washer and then you would carry it over into the dryer. And you didn't, this was like pre-pods, basically. I mean, you huh. had pods too, but this was like pods and dryer sheet kind of in one kind of thing. Weird. So that's what I use there. Um, but of course, that's a terrible way to do laundry. Yeah. And, and also doing laundry all of your colors mixed together, like with your whites and your darks and lights all together. And then everything eventually on. turns like a dull gray pink. <laughs> right. And then drying them on high heat, also very bad, you know, causes a lot of shrinkage. So everything's crispy and, and wrinkly. Right. So since becoming an adult, I've been, you know, I, I do my whites separately and uh, like I take better care of my jeans, especially or other like dark pants. I use special dark detergent and then those don't go in the dryer. They get hung up, um, which has reduced um, the, uh, um, you know, speed at which I go through pairs of jeans before they shrink too much or whatever. So it's crazy. It turns out if you just like take care of stuff, it lasts longer. Right. And it's if you better. take care of it properly, it turns out, uh, the jeans don't actually need that much washing. So in fact, you're depends, not meant to wash them too much because they'll depends fade. on what you do in the jeans. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> that's why I don't wear jeans. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of jeans, um, I, I wanted to let everyone know that I've made a custom trail mix. Oh yeah. And I've purchased five pounds of this custom trail mix from nuts.com. Wow. And there's a link in the show notes where you can get my <laughs> bespoke trail mix. The G dub um, blend. Yeah. I have to say it's pretty good, but you basically have to drink it because there's too much small particulates. Huh? interesting so like my my method is to put it in like a cup and kind of like hmm. you know pour some into my mouth i might have to see about this because you know i i like a good mid-afternoon snack at work and lately yeah. i've just been having the kind bars 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm wondering if I could do like some kind of, you know, mixture of nuts and maybe a, a little bit of chocolate or something. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, you can put all kinds. Of, it's a, it, I mean, it's a bit expensive. It's kind of fun to make as, as a geek because like as you change the ratios and mm-hmm. the ingredients, it modifies the price on the fly. Yeah. So you're like, so whoa, you can, maybe not oh. that. Not that. Well, we'll put a little more of that. We'll place Maybe don't put there. the saffron in there. Hmm. Yeah, less pistachios, more toasted coconut. I think that was my problem is that I went with too much toasted coconut. But it's hmm. really cheap. Yeah. And it's pretty good. Now, see com- that, I would have to say that that's a reason why I wouldn't get your mix, that I'm not a toasted coconut person. But that's yeah. okay. I get to make my own. Yeah. That's the beauty of this. So Sugar I just want to... toasted peanuts recommend this to people Chocolate. it's pretty cool so, indeed i'm looking on the uh, nuts.com trail mix generator um and the ingredients have little dollar signs next to them depending on how expensive they are so i can tell you that chocolate covered macadamia nuts very expensive yeah i like that they have the ultimate malted milk balls mm-hmm. and not just the regular malted milk balls oh and don't all, tell me they're, that they're cheap <laughs> i don't know what the difference is but yeah. There's like a, a second layer to the ultimate malted ball. I'm going to need some of these peanuts unsalted. See, that's nice. They provide unsalted as an option because I don't need the salt. More, it's bad for salt. me. Yeah. Yeah. Por favor, no salt. Now, roasted almonds, I think, are pretty good. Uh, you just continue with the show, and I'm going to make a trail mix here. And They uh, have mint cookies malted milk balls, which what? should upset some of our listeners, but it makes me very happy. I do see the malted milk balls. That's dangerous. I like malted milk balls a lot. They have carob chips as well, which is offensive to me. So. Yeah, that's pretty gross. This is not 1973. Right. We and, we have chocolate. And it's best yes. that we enjoy the chocolate before it goes extinct because of climate change. Some of these some of these are just offensive on the fact that this is candy like s'mores it's like a mm-hmm. s'more a malted milk ball but with s'more things yeah that can't go in a trail mix now they've Come got, on. They, they now they have the carob chips but they also have like dark chocolate chips or butterscotch chips which is kind of interesting they have um reese's pieces um they have m mm-hmm. they have peanut m&ms which seems kind of to defeat the purpose to me because you're making a trail mix which is theoretically like nuts and chocolate mixed together already like a peanut m&m just feels like it's kind of already done like that's already a sort of trail mix of its own yeah 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 that's true i don't i don't know what these mint lentils are but i don't want to know that sounds weird yeah i don't <laughs> like that that sounds that it should not go into a dry mix of food corn and well, nuts granola <laughs> anytime i eat like some sort of trail they, mix or checks mix or something like that trail mix. i think about this uh this guy who used to live he was our neighbor like at the house across the street behind that house, his name was Billy Bascom and he was mm-hmm. an old cowboy. He was like an old rodeo guy. He did like the show writing back in, the, I mean, so he was old too. Like, so this was like back in like the forties or something. So I had like old black and white photos of him riding horses in the rodeo. And he, he was an interesting guy and he would come over every Christmas with a bag of Chex Mix that he called horse feed. Huh. Bring you horse feed. So anytime I, <laughs> I get trail mix. I think like I just think of it as horse feed. Mm -hmm. That makes me happy. So that's a little something that you could maybe name your mix horse feed. Yeah, great. (laughs) I'll keep that in mind. In honor of Billy Bascom. 
Speaking of horse feed, uh, well, you know what? Something you shouldn't put in there is mushrooms. Oh, no, I wasn't going to. Yeah. Don't don't pick. I don't even know if they let you pick mushrooms, but. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it turns out some people are allergic to mushrooms. Um, but other people seem to not believe this. Um, this is a link to um, an Ask Polly column, which is, I guess, a Dear Abby, but for the cut in New York magazine instead. But um, mm-hmm. this is someone who has a severe allergy to mushrooms and their in-laws, um, I guess, think know that this. they're just purposefully lying. So have been adding mushrooms to as much food as possible, basically. And generally <laughs> or, being absolutely insane. Like, or they're literally trying to kill this person. Yeah, like there's either there's something weird going on in the response letter from i guess Polly sort of goes through this but yeah this is like absolutely ridiculous this is like some kind of sociopathy or something but it's uh really weird <laughs> one time this, they made a point this letter to- i recommend i recommend you reading it cuz it's just utterly bizarre it's completely ridiculous <laughs> one time they made a point to make a special plate of mushrooms and pass it around yeah, they're just like, oh, mushrooms. Everybody take a mushroom. And then like, give side eye at the person who has informed you many times that they are allergic to mushrooms. Like, what you do? You want, what, you don't want the mushroom? What do you think this is? What am I? What am I, chopped liver? This is just like, I just want to come out. I know it's very brave of me to say, but I'm just going to say it. Don't mushroom shame. Yeah, don't. Here's the thing. When someone tells you that they're allergic to something, maybe just go, oh, okay, and bear that in mind instead of being a complete asshole about it and being like, let me serve you the thing that you've told me you're allergic to because I don't believe you. <laughs> like, what? Even even if you do think they're lying, why? Why? Why would you serve I... them? The thi- like, are you trying to, like, oh, maybe they'll eat it accidentally and then they won't die and then you'll be like, ha, I got you. <laughs> we got them. It's like this whole it's like the same thing that like that's that's in people who like it's so bothers them that they they have to like worry about what pronouns to call someone or that that, that you know they yeah, can't refer they, to they a trans like person a, by their <laughs> They act like it's person. such an imposition on them to you know have basic human decency. Yeah, like how dare people. And it, yeah. it's it's not that hard it's not hard it's, it's not really hard to just it really does not, not require that much effort yeah it, it's really not difficult <sighs> i think though from reading this pr- these practices i worry that these people are are a host to some sort of fungus that you think they're like being paid by the mushroom lobby or something well i think that they're infected per se oh like a toxoplasmosis kind of situation. the similar kind of thing where like yeah the the fungus is right. making them do this stuff and that's I why am, they're eating all of the mushrooms i am become fungus yeah well yeah because it's funny because the the letter writer notes that they did not eat a lot of mushrooms before she, you know it was brought up that that the letter writer is allergic to mushrooms and now all of a sudden they eat mushrooms a lot um which is weird to me i'm not allergic to mushrooms i just don't like them so like i don't get it either well i go back on my thing that i said about mushroom shaming because that's a position i just can't i can't understand 
Yeah. How, I don't understand how people don't like mushrooms. Oh, well, I, I don't know. They're the delicious. consistency, the texture, maybe. But the, I'm not saying like, they're bad. I'm just saying they're not for me. There's so many different textures you can make mushrooms. I guess. I don't know. Because I didn't like mushrooms when I was a kid because the only way I had them was this one way that they were made for me and they were gross. Oh, and then I had mushrooms another way here. and I was like, wait a minute, these are delicious. Who has yeah. been hiding this from me my whole life? Hmm. What I'm saying Actually, is I want to make just, you some mushrooms. <laughs> I'm just allergic to mushrooms. We got them. Oh, okay. Then I yeah. will not question that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I will not shame you. Anyway. Speaking Thanks. of shaming. Speaking of shaming. Um, did you know that buying coffee will make you poor and you should uh, stop it? You should stop going to Starbucks. Yeah. So this is um, in our vertical about personal finance gurus, quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see. <laughs> gurus. Um, right. This is an article in the Atlantic about how much personal finance gurus really hate coffee because it sort of encapsulates certain generational trends or whatever, which is, I think, basically that millennials um, like better coffee than you would make in like a mr coffee machine like we don't like going to mcdonald's on a saturday morning just to have a cup of coffee and, we're not and here for around. for folgers made in a uh mr coffee from 1982 like that's not good <laughs> coffee um but that's what these financial gurus because they're all old people are sort of used to so instead they see young people going to like starbucks and buying you know three or four dollar lattes and going you know oh my gosh that's such an expense or whatever um but it's it, it's it's really not, and uh, yeah. this makes the point that it's not, and it's dumb. <laughs> My only thing with the coffee culture, so I don't drink coffee, so yeah. I don't have I don't either connection to it. But my only problem with the coffee culture is that people will spend all this money on coffee, but th when they're asked to spend that same amount or less on other things they're aghast at how expensive it is. Like for instance, like buying an app. Right. Yeah. You know? It's like, I'll buy a $6 <laughs> latte, but this app is $3. What? <laughs> Highway robbery. And it's like something you could use every, like I'll do something right. on my phone or my computer, like at work and someone will see it. And they're like, Whoa, what is that program? How, what is going on? How'd you do that? And I'll show them they're like, wow, that's really cool. Where can I get it? And I was like, Oh, it's in the app store. Let me look how much it costs. So it's like $3. And they're like, Oh no, I don't pay for apps. Yeah. And they've someone got like me... dual wielding venti <laughs> right. frappuccinos. Like, okay. <laughs> someone saw me playing a game on my phone the other day and, and um, at lunchtime and they were like, Oh, what game is that? And I told them and they looked it up and they're like, three dollars and i'm like yeah it's it costs three dollars it's a bargain and they're like that's expensive and i'm like okay whatever <laughs> okay. yeah i don't yeah. understand the oh i don't i don't pay for apps i don't pay for it's like what do you think do you think that the apps are made by robots or whatever that don't need food really like how do you do. think that this works I really do think that I think there's like um, a huge segment of the population for whom anything technological is magic. Right. They just, they, it's like, well, I don't, it, you know, it just I happens. Yeah. It's, it's inexplicable. And people who work in technology are just wizards mm -hmm. making magic happen. So I don't want to think about it. It's weird. I don't understand it. And I'm right. not going to 
I'm not going to pay for it. Yeah. But other than that, man, like if you like your coffee and you like really fancy coffee and it brings you happiness, that's a, that's really a small expense in comparison with the way a lot of people spend their money. So, right. I don't know. Like, yeah, the whole, the whole idea of like explaining to poor people why, why, why they're bad just right. seems like, like I know that, I know do. that coffee is a thing that, you know, is like a brief moment of respite in the morning or whatever. Um, but it's expensive and you can't have it. Right. And a, you it's like a good experience and you're not allowed are, to have good experience. You're relying you're on the caffeine because you don't sleep because your job is destroying your soul. Yeah. But it's the coffee's the problem, not right. not all the other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> we won't interrogate any further than the surface level. That's that's the motto of the boomer. <laughs> <laughs> we will not interrogate below the surface. We are the boomers. You're fired. Now, the exact opposite of <laughs> of boomers over to the zoomers. Yeah. We're we've just, been doing we've been doing some research. Yes, we have. On e people, e e folks. You may have heard of e boys or e girls. Yeah, which I've learned does not stand for electronic because that doesn't make sense. Although I do think <laughs> it's funny to imagine them as electronic boys and electronic girls. But, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like eBay. You know the the auction site. It's like what is it? The electronic bay? Like what are they? What's going on here? And and I never really understood if it was like a bay, like a sea, bay, a bay of yeah, ocean. like what? Yeah, I don't or know. Is it a bay like at a docking station? Uh, yeah, or like some kind of I don't know, like a stall, like a bay, like a stall at a flea market, like a type of leaf used to flavor stews. Yeah, and such? Electro- mm, electronic bay leaves. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so. <laughs> So the I think this this thing we've we, me and you've both been getting deep into TikTok. Yeah. Um <laughs> I feel I feel bad. I I like that you do the same thing as me, so it doesn't make me feel as bad. But what we'll do is just at some point in the day, and this is how I know either one of us is like done. Yeah, with, we're at home things. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just now that here come the TikToks. <laughs> right. Here come like links to six TikToks all and at you, once. And you see like a TikTok. And you're like, this is funny. I should share it with Andrew. And I share it with Andrew. And then I see another one. I'm like, oh, man, this is good, too. And I'm like, well, I already shared one. You know what? What the hell? And yeah. I share the second one. But like after four, I'm like, man. I don't want to just keep pinging his phone with these TikToks, <laughs> but these are pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a pretty fun experience. And I've got yeah. a few other friends that I've, we've, we've had that same thing going on. And, Oh, Oh, and I'd like to correct myself in this Vox article. It does in fact say that the E stands for electronic. Oh, I thought it stand, stood for Eilish. No, no, <laughs> it stands for electronic. Eilish, the original founding E person. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so the E girl and E boy, I've heard it likened to, it's basically um, goths, but for Zoomers in a kind of sense. Like yeah. it's the same sort of subculture, or I'm sorry, not goths, but like emos. I think or, it's more like goth than emo, to be honest. I think it's. Because- I think it's a mix of both, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely 
it's definitely more shallow and less um like personally meaningful to the people i i gather than either of those subcultures mm-hmm. cuz this is basically just about uh the image right there's yeah it's <laughs> interesting at this point this this article makes the point that this is basically an entirely online phenomena like you really won't see that many people in real life yeah who are identifiable as e-folks i think i want to do the thing that i think is always bad but i want to do it because it's it's just there's no other way to get a point this point across like this description of what they are because i feel like there's probably people still confused about what it, what what constitutes an e-boy and e-girl so mm-hmm. i read this article this this two paragraphs from the vice so bear with me all if right. this is all new to you, here's an e-boy primer, starting with how they look. Their hair is styled like Leonardo DiCaprio's Boz Lerman's Romeo, via Michael Pitt in The Dreamers. They smoke cigarettes, sometimes, for the aesthetic, but they're sober as an AA counselor. They've been raised on Mac DeMarco, the 1975 and lo-fi terrorcore era Tyler, the creator, but also Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. Their vibe is the climax of all those faintly related spheres filtered through Brockhampton's brightly colored post One Direction world. Clothes-wise, loads of chains, bicycle chains, jean chains, wallet chains, Coke can ring chains. They put padlocks around their neck. You could describe them as classic Camden lock goth were it not for the fact that they seem like remarkably well-kept, happy, if a little performatively sad, young men, many of them seemingly being readied for a future in which their college tuition will be paid in full. (laughs) I think that's like a good description. And then this other thing, says there's another trait of the e-boy being generally gross it's something they've cribbed from Billie eilish queen of the e-boys and their female counterpart e-girls but alongside that grossness they also rival 2007 myspace kids in their pouting stakes it's a fine line really a load of posturing to show everyone how beautiful they are what with just enough purposefully manky stuff to remind their audience that they really don't care about looks Mm. (laughs) that's just so good yeah and then the Vox article in describing e-girls it says winged liner and heavy eye makeup is a part of the TikTok e-girl aesthetic just as they were in the Tumblr days but also what uh, one of the TikTok e-girls calls an I'm baby quality Um, pigtails pigtails along with pink nose eyes and cheeks are indicative of youth Um, yeah so it's a um, very interesting Subculture, and I think, I, I think this is the first subculture of the meme generation because basically what they're doing is they're cobbling together all of these aesthetics from other right. subcultures. Yeah, and all of these like memes. you like do the, with the a meme. Baby meme. Yeah. Yeah, and you just cram it all together. And so I think probably for a lot of people, it's hard to define or see what an e-boy or e-girl is, but like once you're swimming around in this stuff enough, you start to get a good feel for what it is and what's going on. And it's just because it's very extremely 100% undeniably attention seeking is like the, the, the base motivation of it. Yeah. It's like, look at me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which, you know, you could, you could say about like maybe goth or punk or emo, but I don't know to a certain extent, it was it was performative, but uh, not to the. This is just all performance, right? Yeah, because it's 
It's mostly for TikTok, which means it must necessarily be a performance. Right, like this, like oh. this Vox article says, you'll never, you've never seen an e-girl in the wild. You have, but you don't realize because it just looks like a normal girl, teenage girl shopping at Urban Outfitters. Right. And she has an interesting hair color, but other than that, you can't tell because it's only right. they're not they're not wearing like, you know, platform Doc Martens or whatever, you know. Yeah. And so much of like goth and punk and emo was about like going out in public, going to concerts. Yeah, going out going in public. To- I can remember, you know, people with like the raccoon pattern dyed in their hair and like right. really pale makeup and yeah. That's the total scene kid thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there, it was interesting for me because there was like overlap. Like I was like a punk rocker and then like emo in the, in like the nineties mm-hmm. era of that stuff. Um, and then like later on I would still be going to shows, but I was like dressed like a normie kind of person, but then seeing all the scene kids there and I was like, wow, this is just a different, <laughs> I'm so yeah. out of place. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, you, you, now it's just so weird because it's all done in the privacy of your own home and it's all it's all like mitigated via TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all done through that. So it's all about clout too, you know? Mm-hmm. Everything's done for clout. And it's tempting to make fun of them, but... Yeah, I, yeah, I don't see the need. I don't know. It doesn't seem... What's the, what's the, uh, you know, how's it back? Yeah, I don't know. Who are they hurting? I don't know. Yeah. They listen to SoundCloud rappers. They seem to enjoy that. Right. They like to roll their eyes in the back of their heads a lot. There's that. Yeah. It's interesting. (laughs) That's a thing they do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyhow, my suggestion, if you like really want to get a grasp of what's going on here, just follow an e-boy or e-girls hashtag on TikTok. Yeah, that'll after you'll, you'll get a load of them. <laughs> you'll see what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of fun. It's interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Speaking of E, electronic boys and electronic electronics. Boys. Yeah. So um I uh recently purchased all the equipment necessary for me to fast charge my iPhone which is a thing you can do. And I guess that I knew that this was a thing you could do, but I hadn't really thought about it too much, but it's uh it, the future is here and we can charge our phones very quickly. I so. now my I have a coworker who's very into this too. And they talk to me all the time about all the things they're doing to make sure everything they have is charging as fast as possible. Yeah, um, that's not what I'm concerned about. But, mm-hmm. you know, there are times when, uh, you know, my phone is like very low and I would like to charge it very quickly because I don't have a whole lot of time to like wait around. Part of the thing that happened is that the iPhone's battery got better at the same time it was able to fast charge. So, like, right. I never have run into. Oh no, I have no battery. Like I pretty much always have there's like I go through the whole work day and I come home and I still have like 40% of my battery. Yeah. So then yeah. maybe I charge it at home, maybe I don't. I don't know. Depends on how much TikTok I'm on. 
Right. <laughs> Which, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. if I'm on there for too long, it's like, there goes my battery. I forgot. I can't believe I forgot to use that. Oh, when we were talking about E boys and E girls. Yeah. Um, TikTok no does idea what I'm the battery doing. pretty quickly, but, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, if you do want to, um, fast charge your iPhone, you do, it is required to get a particular kind of charger, which is just Knowledge. one that supports, um, USB C power delivery. So then you need a USB C to lightning cable as well. Um, but basically something capable of at least 18 watts. That's the most that an iPhone can take advantage of. But um, it is kind of remarkable. First time I plugged it in, you know, and I was at like, what, 20% and how fast it charges up is pretty neat. Now I want to try it. I, I, can you put what you your your rig? I can. Yeah. Into the into the show notes because I'll see what you got. I, you know, because now that you talk about it, I think I want to try it. This is the first time I'm it's, sold you know, on thinking. It's, um, it's it's a nice thing to have. Because I just realized that the charger that I have in the kitchen that I use sometimes, like if I'm home, like, you know, if I'm like watching a day, like there's a couple soccer games. Mm-hmm. I'm tweeting about soccer games, which I know all the listeners love when I do that. Right. They <laughs> they they always seem to really respond and, and tell me, hey, thank you for tweeting about about sports out yeah. of context so that I have no idea what's happening. Real, real big that. fan. And I'm going to keep doing that because of that. Right. Um, when I'm doing that, you know, sometimes my battery gets a little wah wah. Yeah. It's so, unfortunate. That's yeah. I mean, the startup cost for this kind of thing might be a little bit expensive because the charger is like $23 and then you got to get a cable. But, you know, the charger will last plenty of time. The cable, you know, cables are whatever. You some know, cables some are good, the, some are bad. USB C cables. We've had we've deployed them because we've deployed USB C laptops at my work, and I gotta say I don't know how they're building these things, but I think they're still figuring it out. You know, I mean the ends are fine and way better than the ends of other things. So that like it used to be always the ends that were failing. Now right. it's like there's no discernible thing you can tell about the cable, but it's borked somewhere in, on the cable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything it seems like it's just like they're trying to make it so that it's what's that called? Um, where it's just gonna break down, you could throw it away and buy a new one. Oh, uh, planned obsolescence. Planned obsolescence. Yep. <laughs> that seems to be what we're going after these days. Yep. But uh yeah, so that's um I, I've put my things into the dock and it's uh yeah, it's you. just an anchor charger and a cable and uh yeah, it's it's nice. It keeps, you know, if I like come home for a bit and I want to charge before I head out again, it's nice to be able to get a a good fast charge. Although I will say I do charge my phone overnight mostly on the inductive charger, the wireless charger still cuz I like just being able to sort of plop it down. And I need to do thing. that, but I have a magnet mount for my car. Uh, the problem, yeah, that cause issues. The problem is my car I have to use a CD mounter because of the way my oh, lovely. console is shaped. Right. Hmm. And because I live in the desert and I'm not going to block one of my air conditioning vents. Right. Which is yeah. absurd, which seems like 80% of the 
Yeah, they're like, oh, put put it in your vent and have your giant phone block the vent. Yeah, so stupid. So, and there's not that many CD ones that are the wireless charging or, you know, the kind of thing that I don't need the the magnetic mount. So, right. But speaking of plant obsolescence, you Mm. have found something quite interesting here. Yeah, this is um, if you uh, if you just love subscriptions, and I know we all do because everything's moving to subscriptions now. Yeah, um, Super. You can, that's when I think about subscriptions. I get. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, you can now purchase headphones as a subscription. Um, I'm like a what? <laughs> I'm like one of those people that's like pays pays someone, you know, uh, what is it like a pain daddy? Is that? Yeah. Like yeah. A, to step like, on your stamps. Step on my stamps, but it's like, uh, give me subscription services. Yeah. <laughs> right. So for nine dollars a month, you can get the uh, Neurophone headphones, um, wow. and they're a kind of head. They're sort of both over and in ear at the same time. It's a little weird because they have like a oh, ugh, there's a nipple yeah. on the over ear yeah. headphones. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little odd. Um, these are supposed to be really like fancy-ish headphones but the thing is you pay nine dollars a month for them in perpetuity if you stop paying nine dollars a month for them the headphones stop working and then you are obligated to send them back within 90 or within like 30 days or they charge you money for them so this is very dumb because there's literally no reason to pay monthly for headphones i can think of not a single reason um I look forward to purchasing a pair of these headphones once the company goes out of business in one to two years. I don't know. How long do you think it'll take for them to burn through their capital from, you know, their series a or whatever? I give them a year. Yeah. I mean, why would you, there are so many good headphones that you pay once for, and then they last years, decades, even like this is just absolutely ridiculous. I just love, I don't know who thought that this was a good idea, and I don't know who thought it was worth investing in. I just either. love how their design is like trying to square the circle between like three different things. Like yeah. they're trying to be Sennheiser Momentums, they're trying to be Beats Wireless, and they're trying to be EarPods. Right. All, all in the same. Have you seen a Sennheiser? This is what I have at work Sennheiser oh. Momentum. Let me drop no, a link. I haven't. In, are those uh, uh, the are those true wireless? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I have the corded ones for. Oh, okay. They're like my back. Usually, I use some Jabra. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wireless buds, yeah. but I um, use the Jabra wireless ones too. Those are very nice. Yeah, but I have a Sen- Sennheiser. This isn't the right one. Not the right one. I have the wired ones. But oh, okay. This whole idea yeah. of like the slidey thing to adjust the headphones, right? Yeah, it just completely stole. <laughs> right. Well, and their website is like very plainly trying to be Apple, like the product shots and whatever are all very <laughs> yeah. Apple like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can no, just is... feel the meetings that they were in des- doing all the designs for all this stuff. Yeah. And I know what kind of people they are. This is just extremely dumb. By the way, these are wireless headphones. If you want a cable to plug them into an uh, like a normal headphone port, that's an extra twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
we're in a di- dystopia. We're in a dystopia right now. That's this yeah, is it. I mean, you're in the future. We're not going to be able to buy anything. We're just going to be renting it. You know. I mean, I already rent my house, and you know, people lease cars, and uh, yeah, I mean, some people are technically leasing their phones already, and like, I don't know. I'm just oh. thinking, like, maybe you'll get a subscription for towels or something. <laughs> well, that actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> I think that's just a <laughs> that's just a linen service. <laughs> yeah, that actually sounds really luxurious. Yeah. Well, but you get you get where I'm going though. Yeah. yeah. Another article that's that's speaking of di- dystopias. Yeah. Um, so are you aware of the site Quillette? This is a site that I've become aware of in the past couple of months, and I kind of wish that I wasn't aware of it, but I have become aware of it. Um, <laughs> are you aware of it at all? Yeah, it's like, um, how do I describe it? It's like a right wing. Yeah, it's it's one of the right wing blogs. You know, it's in the same vein as like the Daily Caller or the Federalist or whatever, but nominally not as right wing, or at least they pretend to be. Um, but, but they're like was... more fascist. Uh, like they, well, they do like a subtle fash thing. Yeah, basically they're trying to be more under the radar than like the Daily Caller and the Federalist are. Um, yeah. You know, they try to say, oh, well, we're ju- it's just like a website for interesting journalism or whatever. Um, but it happens that um, they are in fact biased because they managed to get completely duped by a hoaxer who sent them an article um, posing as this kind of Leninist construction worker who has gripes <laughs> with the Democratic Socialists of America. Um, and it was funny because the essay, which has since been deleted, um, but that was published, like if you read it and you knew anything about it, which is to say that you were like plugged into the left movement online, it mm. was pretty obvious that it was complete BS. Yeah. But for... <laughs> Anyone else, it like, you know, for basically your typical Quillette reader or editor, even it was, it basically was like, oh, this sounds good. Um, Oh man, it was just too good, too good to the, to resist. It was like a guy emailed them and he was like, hello, I'm a construction worker and I am. For this, I'm hated by many leftists. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, uh, the interesting thing too is that um, Quillette apparently even um, modified, like they punched up some stuff from uh, the article that the hoaxer sent, and like added in other little bits that were clearly ideological. Like they um, couldn't resist. Right, they, they just, just couldn't, couldn't resist. They they basically thought that this was a great story. It'll put you know it'll stick a knife into the DSA, and then if they could add things to twist that knife a little bit, then it would be even better. Um, but instead, they just looked ended up looking like even bigger idiots than they already looked like. And then I have two tweets. Uh, one is from your boy, David Roth. Oh, he's, he is. And I'm saying it now because I want people to get on this train. He is the only writer for this generation. He is he's very good. The only one who writes in a manner that is commensurate with our current historical and political situation. And he's a sports writer. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Um, but his, crazy. his tweet is, uh, I guess my main opinion on Quillette is that it's the funniest possible name for a magazine for the intellectual who is stupid, which is exactly the brand of um, person that reads Quillette. 
And then another tweet here from Justin Yang who says Quillette is thought cafe for racists, which is also very good. My answer is something called science. Very good, concise description of the website in both cases. <laughs> <laughs> like it's one of those people, you know, it's it's these like pseudo intellectual sites that people read articles written by somebody like they're not vetted articles or whatever. But then you say, oh, I read an article about that. And then, you you know, oh, it turns out. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so. it's just. <laughs> it's very bad i mean uh, pretty much everyone already knew that quillette was stupid and bs but this has just sort of manifested it in a delightful way so hats off to the hoaxer who yeah. is on twitter um as archie the construction worker so <laughs> that's so yeah. good there should be so many more hoaxes because i think people don't realize be, like how we know how to write things that are, are red content. meat yeah yeah in, like it's very easy to write something that's red meat for these idiots, but then plainly I mean, ridiculous to people I mean, who don't know what they're talking. I about. don't want to give too much away, but you and yeah. me have been have been practicing this and uh, a little bit, our yeah. skills, mm -hmm. and it's amazing how easy it is sometimes. It's it's remarkably easy. You just don't even have to try, and people will eat it up because they're so desperate to hear validation for their very bad ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a world! So, so we sh speaking of interesting articles, mm -hmm. <laughs> or you found something on the on Twitter? Yes, <laughs> that Which goes I over the been adapted from Tumblr, but yeah, that goes for over the campaign logos of the Democratic uh, yeah. candidates and describes. <laughs> what each of them are right and it's pretty great my favorite is well i like i like biden's that it's just called brake pads yeah it looks <laughs> like it i mean yeah it looks like a brand of, of auto parts yeah <laughs> oh cory 2020 is just marvel studios <laughs> right yeah and then tim ryan copped his from cory yeah, yeah. So his is please don't copy Corey's work eyes on your own paper <laughs> um it describes um uh elizabeth warrens as an uh logo for fancy spring water <laughs> um kamala harris's logo is just unbreakable kimmy schmidt logo but uh, the, the the jay inslee one too pharmaceutical ask your doctor if inslee is right for you yeah i do like to the bernie one and it says toothpaste because yeah uh yeah. yep yep, yep. <laughs> that's totally crest <laughs> can confirm yeah <laughs> um also pete's being trendy jeans that's also very good so it's very um, very good click through to this article look at the uh look at the uh logos and then and then look at uh, what it says for them it's very funny what do they say for amy because amy's is kind of weird it kind of breaks the mold oh it says because hers just says Amy for America and the comment is, no one knows you, Amy. Stop acting like we're on a first name basis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so bad. They are all so bad at doing this stuff. Just... What is it? Oh, Yang's. I like Yang's, which is small airline. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> oh, uh, gosh. People on the internet. Speak, the, this, while we're on the logo talk, there's... Uh... Wait, wait. One, one more. Oh. Delaney. Blank VHS tapes. <laughs> 
totally is. Yep. And he and his <laughs> mind is, it, is, is it a live or is it is it John Delaney? <laughs> anyway, no. On the subject of logos, yeah. Um, <laughs> there was an article in the Baffler, which has uh, become one of my favorite sites for takes, because um, you got yeah. the Kate take on there. Um, she of uh, McMansion Hell fame um, and other stuff. But there's an there was an article recently about the corporate logo singularity, and it discusses how basically every company's logos have become word marks that are flat and solid and have no texture and use sans serif fonts. Um, and everything's become really, really boring. Um, it's interesting because yeah. this happens every few years. Right. There's where... like movements for these kinds of things. Right. And it tells you a lot about capitalism where it's like instead of what the notion is supposed to be that people are con- competing to do the best. Right. They're just trying to, to act like out. exactly. No, they're all else. they're all reverting to a mean <laughs> because right. it's it's risk to stand mm. out and any risk is punished. Right. <laughs> Anything deviating from exactly the mean is a it's a problem. It's all lowest common denominator. <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. And this happened. Remember, like in the the early like web 2.0 days where everything became aerial round and it was all shaded. Mm-hmm. Like it was all like a light blue with like, with like almost like a texture to make it look like it was kind of round. Like right. it was all embossed looking. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a quote in this article from another article that says we're in the middle of a decade of post dignity design whose dogma is cuteness. And that's sort of, yeah, they make a point that this this design trend is very childlike, like it's usually lowercase and sort of a, it's a sans serif font, but usually like a more playful one that looks kind of, you know, it has lots of curviness and Mm -hmm. um, sort of, yeah. Um, But then it talks about too how this trend is sort of um, starting to, we're starting to move away from this trend a little bit, um, which is good. It says, for now, logos that shy away from minimalist infantilization remain the province of niche hip startups and young brands. Um, so, but yeah, the, the thing it's, that the it's thing just is interesting, the thing is, too, that it doesn't isn't just with corporate logos. It's mm, it's with, with other everything. design. Yeah, we're so, in, we've been in a bit of a frenzy for minimalism lately. Yeah, uh, and I've been thinking about this a lot because. I'm just sort of over it. Um, yeah, I'm very over it. Yeah, I, I've come to realize, you know, that minimalist design is is kind of soulless um, and and bland and boring. And, um, you know, you, you'll see stuff on Instagram of like people's perfectly minimalist decor. And it just looks kind of bleh to me. Like, no, I don't know. I, I like an appropriate to- amount of decoration. People like to visit art galleries and museums. People yeah. don't like to live in art galleries and museums. Right. <laughs> and I think that's the distinction that we forgot. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it came as the the whole like, I don't, I don't have an article for this, but like rich people have started putting all of their money into art. Are you aware of this? No, I'm not. This is news. To yeah, me. this is like the new thing that. Is this that, a way to uh, avoid taxation as well? It's a way to just avoid taxation to to park your money 
okay, into something yeah. that doesn't lose its value, that's not subject to the markets in, in the same way. Right. Um, because, right. you know, every piece of art is literally unique and one of a kind, you know, at least mm -hmm. this kind of art that they're doing this with. So, so that's why so many, so many rich and wealthy people and also, you know, the influencer class turns to this, oh, well, we need like a blank white room with like a very expensive piece of art in it. And mm -hmm. there's an, the, ex, the, uh, the aesthetics of it is secondary to the greedy gross <laughs> right money thing that they're yeah, doing there, there's not really a um aesthetic criteria or whatever behind it it's just like just get art just get it's, some art it's and your put it own personal cayman islands right like yeah. <laughs> in your in your living room uh, uh emphasis on or sarcastic emphasis on living mm -hmm. um and so you share this article, which I, I remember reading at the time was by Nathan J. Robinson, a death to minimalism. Yeah. Where he kind of goes over the, <laughs> just the sad absurdity, absurdity and lifelessness of this minimalist aesthetic. Yeah. Like postmodern architecture and all that. Yeah. Well, it's just anti-human, which is, right. which is kind of goes along with the idea of like, we've constructed a society in the world. that's not built for humans it's built for technologies and markets and and these these other things but it's not built for people mm -hmm. <laughs> which is ridiculous when you step back and look at it it's like well we're the ones living here right why shouldn't things be beautiful mm -hmm. so i kind of made that decision too like when i was i think it, for me it first hit me when i was watching the first season of queer eye Mm. And I was like, oh, they like go in and they make these people's houses nice and do things. And, they, you know, they they talk about, you know, you should have some art. You should have. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, it is nice to live in somewhere that doesn't, that right. doesn't just have blank walls. Yeah. So I just started buying pictures and I put them up on my wall and it makes me happy. And I have house plants and that makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I'm no more minimalism. Yep. We're not doing minimalism anymore. Yeah, minimalism is canceled. <laughs> Do you understand that? Knowledge. Now, uh, yes. Speaking of knowledge, I believe you're about to deliver some knowledge unto me. Okay. Brace yourselves. This is something I've been thinking about a lot. And I've been a, waiting for this. And I, It's a thought technology about efficiency. Okay. And, and, I, and I could summarize it in one sentence. When mm. you double efficiency, you have efficacy. Yes, so, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Here's 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 what it is. So, like, I I noticed this when I was looking at public works projects, like road projects, or mm. I work in education. So there's like mm. a lot of emphasis on efficiency because you've got public money that you've you know it's limited and you've got to spend it. Um, but you've got to find the best ways to spend it. So it's actually a weird conundrum in education because you we're nonprofit. We get money. You have to spend the money. You can't not spend the money, but right. you also are to a certain extent. And I think not enough in my situation, but accountable for spending it well. <laughs> right. So people get all tied up in the, in the world with efficiency, but efficiency masks, other failings because it becomes the number one criteria and the number one metric. It becomes the yardstick that you use to measure everything. Yep. But when you're measuring everything by efficiency, you don't, 
realize like all these like other boring mundane things that you used to focus on like mm-hmm. maintenance. <laughs> yeah. So like a, a an example is like algorithmic systems that predict the most efficient areas for road improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's something that o- the Obama administration made a lot of their federal money contingent on is that towns had to adopt these um, algorithmic systems or these like yeah you know, yeah technologies that would that would be smarter theoretically that's the thing you know they're more efficient about how you can more efficiently repair your roads based on where traffic actually is and stuff like that. So cities rolled out all these systems to measure and they, and so they can get the money, but then they have to do it as the federal government says. But then what that, what happens is it means people stop paying attention to the maintenance of less efficient areas, which right. become degraded. And then when you have to repair them, they require more work because you have to basically build a new road instead right. of maintaining the road. Yeah, this has been a big problem in my state where road maintenance is kind of in a very bad I've, state I've right heard now so very bad yeah. things yep so yeah um but i agree you know i uh you know i used to be very obsessed with efficiency personally that's sort of oh yeah um it's a driving thing that they teach you in school like as an engineer or whatever you know you're always trying to make things more efficient but i've also seen how you know the drive to make things more efficient and to try and, you know, save money here and there or whatever ends up costing you more money later on because you weren't being as diligent as you should have been in designing or building something. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or like the, it's, it's like the whole laundry ball thing, right? It's like the whole take, the whole thing we were talking about earlier, when you take care of the clothes that you buy, right. They last longer. So yeah, like the way is, that I do laundry is not the most efficient way, but yeah, it's time consuming, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but my clothes last longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I think taking that, that step back from like the efficiency treadmill, stepping off of it, like, why am I running so hard in the first place? Like, right. <laughs> what are we here to do? <laughs> yeah. I think as a society is good, but I think even individually is, is, is also good. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, 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 I was like super into the life hack thing. Like, I think that's how me and you found each other in the same online communities. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know? Um, and I remember, you know, I, I, I used to actually, listen, listen, I'm a 10 X engineer. <laughs> I used to try to find the perfect route on my way to community college oh, that would that would okay, maximize yeah, my gas mileage and time. Yeah. And I mean, I still I did start, <laughs> I started coming up with some weird routes though, man. I mean, mm-hmm. it started getting real weird and I was like fixated on it to a point where it was eating up like an unnecessary amount of my mental capacity. Mm-hmm. And I was like exhausted and I was like trying to maximize how much money I spent on food. And so I would have like a thing of top ramen and a cheap diet cola for lunch every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I got scurvy hmm. because <laughs> I had no vitamins or minerals and I wasn't taking care of myself. And like, I was like, no, but I'm efficient. I'm hacking my life. You right. know, I'm doing all this thing. I'm like conquering everything and I'm, and I'm cramming in. 10 times as much productivity into my life than, than I otherwise would. But then like it, 
really beat the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wasn't taking care of myself. So I think it's less important to like step back and be like, what are the like little boring things that I can focus on instead of like the efficiency? Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. in society too, man, like, you know, the stock mm-hmm. market is like a, is like a religion of efficiency, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Bowed down before the altar of efficiency. I mean, you've got that, um, uh, I mean, you know, people that are building, uh, you know, data centers closer to the exchanges so that they, you know, their electronic trades can, can get their fractions of a second faster than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't trend toward quality. Like I think that attitude, it's the difference between like in and out and McDonald's or like, Oh yeah. Steak and shake and steak shack and, and and McDonald's like, yeah, you'll probably have to stand around at, uh, in and out for longer than you will at McDonald's, but the food is going to be way better. Cause it's not made by a robot. Yeah. And exactly. it's not, it's not all as efficient as possible. Cause like humanity's not efficient. Like we're not biologically adapted for efficiency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if we were, we would be ants and we're not ants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're humans. So I just think that's something to keep in mind. Yep. When you double efficiency, you have efficacy. Someone please put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, if someone could put that on a uh, like piece of canvas in that live, laugh, love font. <laughs> yeah, let's start selling this. Yeah, that's that's going to be our, our big move. Hashtag how affirmations. <laughs> then we'll finally be rolling in it. Yep. And we can afford all of the custom trail mix. That oh, we man. Can oh, even man. You can get that 20 pound thing instead of the five pound one. <sighs> that's when you know you've made it big. I have no idea what I'm doing I was not prepared for this I'm trying and I'm learning Thank you for your patience There's so many mistakes I have already made But I'm working to be better day by day And I think I'm gonna make it But for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing